You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thank you so much for your mailbag questions. I mentioned before we're going to do a little off-season Thursday doubleheader mailbags on Thursday. And we're going to go ahead and get to Jake. He says, what is one player that you keep seeing getting mocked to the Bengals that doesn't make sense to you? What's one player that you aren't seeing mocked to the Bengals that maybe should be mocked to the Bengals? Ooh. Well, we had the Luke Musgrave mock to the Bengals at 28. That's one that... Doesn't make a ton of sense. Safety. Safety at 28 doesn't make sense to me. Just, I don't think, I haven't watched them, but they don't seem like BPA. And it's not a true need. They have a round one guy, and they've got a guy that's there for three years. So what's going on there? Uh, those are the two I see, and I just kind of go, mm, I don't see I don't think they do that. So those are the I, I even see Gibbs more than those guys. Like I could see the Bengals going Gibbs, and, but uh, I, more than I could see them going safety. Hopefully it doesn't get clipped when they take a, a safety at 28. But uh, yeah, th- those are the guys I don't see. And the guys I don't see mocked enough. Um, sometimes it's defensive line. Uh, I think that's a serious contender is defensive line at that pick. Um, I think what else that that's, it's they're getting mocked like everybody though right every time i look at somebody else it's usually a tight end and i think that's the betting favorite but i've seen offensive tackle plenty i've seen corner a lot i don't think i've seen a ton of defensive line unless unless it's like some crazy fall that i don't think happens uh so maybe maybe more defensive linemen at 28 but i i do think the betting favorites would be tight end offensive tackle and corner yeah, I agree with you. I think those are the position groups that they're really going to focus on. Parker Blake says, who are the biggest sleepers and who do you think will be a surprising slide? Um, Man, I don't watch enough deep sleepers, but the one guy I like, and it seems like he might not be a sleeper anymore, was Jonathan Mingo. I watched him this weekend, just one game, and I saw Mohamed Sanu, and I saw, I was like, this guy can play. You know, he's making contested catches. He can... He changes direction pretty well. He high points the ball. He's got good body control. He's got good hands. Holds on through contact. Like this is a guy I would take at what pick ninety or whatever the round three pick is. Ninety. Ninety-six. Ninety-six. Well, I take him at ninety <laughs> if they want to trade up and get him like they did Cam Taylor Britt. Want to trade up a few spots? Lose a six round pick. Uh, yeah, he could play. So he, he's a sleeper. I think there's been a few. I think Chandler Zavala, I think is his name. He seemed to gain a ton of uh, momentum this week. He's an interior offensive lineman from North Carolina State, I think. Okay. Somebody can tell me I'm wrong, but he seemed to get a ton of movement this past week. 
he wasn't a combine invite, so that's why he's a pretty deep sleeper. I it, it, I guess Antonio Mafi was also not a combine invite, and he's a guy I would think about as a sleeper. Guys I can see slipping, obviously Jalen Carter. I don't know where he slips to. I don't think he makes it to 28 unless there's something else that's crazy that happens. But uh, So I don't see that happening, but I, th- I see him possibly slipping outside like the top 12. And even though I think he's the best prospect in the class, uh, other guys that could slip, Forbes could slip. He's got that weight concern. Dewan Jones can slip because he didn't test at all. And there's some concerns there. It's usually a guy that has a red flag somewhere. That's a guy that will slip. Guys that will slip compared to what they have shown on film or that people's consensus is, man, I guess making the call that, I could see Lucas Van Ness slipping and that's partially, he was a rotational guy for, I like I turned on the film and I was kind of surprised this, this was not a clear first round pick to me. Rotational guy. He wasn't a super productive pass rusher. He doesn't even really, he's not a A plus run defender either. I, I don't, I don't know how much I see the clear mid first round type and I didn't give him that grade. So maybe that's just me not seeing it, but uh, that's a guy I think could easily slip decently far anybody else off the top of my head not really but uh i think the quarterbacks all go high is why I, it's like i'm trying to think of those guys and it's like i think i think we get four in the top 10 i'm all i'm all about that 20 because you're a wide receiver sleeper you mentioned it a couple days ago on the podcast and then this morning on good morning football yeah. yeah he mentioned him he's like oh you know you let this guy he's one of the sleepers in the draft and starts talking to him about him like oh no don't don't say anything we kind of want to he was a day three guy when i was watching him and now people are saying like well now you can't get him in round three i was like well i don't know if he jumped that far <laughs> i yes. hope not uh, I kind of want to add to this. Uh, it would be silly for me to put him in this conversation, but you know, a lot has happened this off season with Dalton Kincaid. A lot of people we've talked plenty oh, of tight ends. Um, one of the top, I, I want to say uh, Daniel Jeremiah, one of his favorites in this mm-hmm. draft. I think he had him at top nine 15? in his most. Top he ten. moved him to nine in his most recent one. Wow. He was in the 15. Then I saw him recently in nine. So for me, it's a little surprising. I, the reports are out there that everything's good with the back now and there's no concerns or anything about that. But with him being the you know high prospect at tight end, we talked about the value of position on Tuesday's podcast. He's the one that I feel like there's a lot of hype going into it this offseason. But I still feel he, he might be the first tight end picked. Um, in the first round, but I still feel like he drops later than a lot of people think. Yeah, definitely could see that. He's older. He's got the back thing. He didn't test at all. So a lot of reasons he could slip. He, like I said, red flag guys. Red flag guys are the guys that that could easily slip. And then things we don't know, character concern guys or things like that, but we just don't really – like we know the Jalen Carter one because it's public. But other than that, we don't know anything. That could be anything when they say like we don't – you know, I think about – I think Justin Fields, well, I guess he slipped a little, but people were saying like Justin Fields had character concerns. Like nothing's really come of that. I, I don't know. It's so weird. And as people who don't know anything, I just don't feel comfortable really speculating on that. But that is that could be a reason why a guy you like or you're surprised by falls. 
the Jalen Carter thing is so strange because there was a report earlier this week or, or maybe it was last week from Adam Schefter and it was saying it was from his camp, his agent, that he was only going to do like top 10 visits and, and things like that. I'm like, why, why would your camp put that out there? That, that didn't make sense to me. But I feel like there's a whole lot of sources are saying this, reports are saying this. So to be determined, he could still go high in the first round. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get a pretty we'll get a surprise. We always get surprised on draft nights. Uh, we'll go with Eric. He says it was said last year that the Bengals ran to the podium when they saw Dax was available. Who is that guy that makes the Bengals sprint the card to the podium this year? B. John Robinson. Of course. Of course. Right. Um, Darnell Wright probably too. I think those two. B. John Robinson, Darnell Wright, they'd be sprinting to the podium to get a draft. If it's between those two, I'd take Robinson. Um, but that's that's me. I don't know if they would. I think they might though. I don't think they're a team that's scared off of running back positional value like some other teams. I think with Darnell Wright, I think he goes to the Bills right before him. Oh, wow. I do. I do. He has um, a, a 20 visits. And again, these visits, I don't look too much into the visits. Uh, you, you're getting to know someone. Maybe you decide not to pick someone after you visit with them. You're just doing your homework. That's what every front office should do. Um, he's meeting with the Bears, going to meet with the Bills, and then he had 20 other visits, which makes total sense. I think um, he's a guy that goes higher than we think. I do too, because it kind of was a little, it was a little of everywhere in the first round. And then, you know, mm -hmm. some maybe had him falling early to the second round. Uh, but now we're starting to see the hype for him go right back up. And he's uh, doing a lot of visits right now. But I don't know. It just feels like a, it could be a Bills pick. I felt like it happened with it uh, a Steelers pick. Steelers pick 100%. Well, it felt like last year. And again, I don't know who is on the Bengals draft board. I feel like Dave Lapham is really good when it comes to kind of telling you a little bit what's going on, who they may pick. Um, but I want to say that they wanted, um, and I'm losing my train of thought of who the Chiefs picked in the first round last year. George Karloftis. Thought they were, I thought for sure they were going to go get him. And then I think they would have if he was there. 100%. You got to remember the Bengals love those big edge rushers. They would have been all over that. I mean, that guy's a big, powerful edge rusher. They would have, they're probably salivating <laughs> at the thought. They're probably going to sprint to the podium with that. You know, uh, Dax Hill, they sprinted to the podium, but about 75% of the speed they would have sprinted there for Karloftis. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought about him a lot this year. Whenever the Chiefs were playing, I was like, oh. He was good. He was good. Oh, he, he did could. really well in the AFC Championship game. That stung for us. That's unfortunate. Uh, but, yeah, that, I, I'm just pumped for the first round. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see where a lot yeah. of these guys fall because the Bengals are still in a really good position to go VPA. We'll go with Bengals and Cavs. He says, what's the best-case scenario for right tackle? Jonah healthy, willing to play right tackle. Jonah gets traded. Lyle is healthy and plays. Jonah gets traded. Lyle isn't healthy. We draft one. Um, maybe just speak on, on those scenarios for the Bengals. Mentioned a few times, Darnell Wright just coming in and being a butt kicker right away would be cool. Yeah, I think he could be a better version of what Lyle Collins was for them last year. I think the best realistic case scenario is Jonah swallows his pride, plays right tackle, and it's at about the same level that he can play left tackle. Le uh, he gets so much hate for what he did this year, and I understand he wasn't good this year. He was he was below average. He might have been bad, depending on whatever game you watched. But the year before that, he was he was a pretty good player. And if you get a pretty good right tackle, I think that's better than what Lyle can give you right now, just because I think his body's kind of broken down a little bit. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I guess the best case scenario is Lyle Collins just comes back week one and he is Dallas Collins. Cause I thought that was a top five right tackle and they did not get that last year. So maybe that's your best case. I think there's a, 
quite a few questions. Maybe your best case is trading Jonah and a pick and getting better. I, I, I don't want to say a guy because there's so many man, I can't think of too many right tackles that are like clearly very good. Like because the Vikings won't give up like a Brian O'Neill. The Bucks won't give up a Tristan Wirfs. Where do you, where can you get down to? And it's clearly better. I saw the Rob Havenstein one today, and I talked about it a little bit. I think that's just older Jonah. Might as well just roll with him. Uh, so I don't know who who all out there would be a clear right tackle upgrade that is very realistic to go because NFL teams love to hold their tackles. Those tackles are hard to come by, and they pay them. They pay them well. That's so that's why I think Collins or Jonah playing up to that level is is up there. It's really any of those options just working out, working out to the best of their ability. I think it's all about the same. Uh, I guess Collins coming back and being healthy, fresh to go, and right tackle Lao Collins from the Dallas Cowboys is the best case scenario. I just don't know how realistic it is. Yeah, I think with Collins, the biggest thing is, so Bengals will begin their offseason program in a couple weeks. Um, and we'll really kind of get the feel of, you know, how players are doing, probably hear from Frank Pollock, Zach Taylor when they're out there. I don't expect Lyle Collins to be out there, but hey, what a, what a surprise that would be. Um, I think the biggest thing with him, and, and maybe Jonah isn't the answer, and they trade Jonah during the draft or before the draft or after the draft, you don't want to rush Lyle back. Um, yeah. And it just felt like they kind of had to last year when he was dealing with some of the back problems in camp. And one of the things that I feel like Zach Taylor did a good job with and in the coaching staff, he didn't practice throughout the week, the whole entire season. Mm -hmm. He would only be ready for game days and and obviously in their walkthroughs and their meetings. And it was just kind of like be really light with Lyle. He was never fully healthy. And then, of course, you tear your ACL. That doesn't help. And that's in December. So I think the biggest thing is don't rush him back and don't expect him to be your day one starter if you give him some time, because. A lot of people have in their mind when you're in an AFC championship game and you don't have the depth on the on the bench with your offensive line. And, and man, I don't think a lot of teams were losing three offensive line starters at that moment in one of the biggest games of the season. But, hey, that was the luck the Bengals had. And I think that's what's going to be important is you still want that depth. Um, I do want to get to one more question because it has to do with Lyle and Jonah. He said, Taylor says, would you consider trading Lyle Collins and Jonah in a package deal? Consider, sure. I don't know if you want to trade both. And I'll be 100% honest. What is anybody giving up for the two of them? Who wants both those tackles? Because I don't think it's a great spot for the Bengals to even be in. At $12 million for Jonah and $7 million for, for Collins, who wants to take on $19 million of right tackle money for guys that you have a lot of questions about? That's, that's I think, that part. I would definitely do it if I was the Bengals. Free up $19 million and... The only issue I see is you're really making right tackle. You're kind of pigeonholing yourself. You need a right tackle now. That's that's the main issue, I think, there. But I would definitely consider it, especially if you could get a right tackle back. It doesn't even have to be an upgrade, but just get a right tackle back that's cheaper. Sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for your questions. I do want to hit on one more. Neil asked a question about draft night. He says, are you going to record quick reactions to what's going on on draft night? We will have a Thursday pod. It's going to be a reaction, and our goal is for the weekend to give you a quick reaction of what's going on with the draft picks. Um, it'll be really fun. Like I mentioned before, when we started the podcast tonight, goal is to have a few guests uh, to really break down some of these pro prospects in the month of April to kind of get you ready for draft weeks. I know Bengals fans are, are ready to, to talk about these picks 
and uh, move on to more of the off-season off and training camp and then hopefully a few um, extensions to talk about too coming up in I don't know, a couple months, couple, you know, we'll see. Um, but I know you're busy on all Bengals. What's up there right now? Um, I think I'm finally going to do it and write the my, my top 10 running backs, give a quick piece on each one and how they might fit into the Bengals offense. I think I'm finally just going <sighs> to – somebody get on me if I don't. I'm going to finally do it. I just – I haven't written anything in a while. I just – doing normal draft reports, I don't know. I just haven't had the <laughs> thought process on doing it because I just haven't found a lot of guys I love. But why not just give 10? Why not give 10 quick reports on the running backs for all of my opinions on it for whatever they're worth? Well, here's the thing. You're going to do that. You're going to go and you're going to write and you're going to put it out there. And then like some big Bengals news will happen and you'll be like, oh, thanks. I'll, I'll write about that. I'll write about that tomorrow. I already put this whole piece together. Finally put it out there for you. And then this big, crazy news happened and I got to I gotta write another piece. So hopefully I'm just rooting for any big news the rest of the offseason because we, we love that leading up to the NFL draft. So a lot of good stuff. Make sure you check it out. All Bengals and follow Mike over on Twitter. Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We'll be back next week on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.